things theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. This is K-Dub, and welcome to another episode of All Things Theology. You're going to enjoy this one. If you guys have been enjoying some of my content over the over the past year, I've responded to Lecrae and really his uh, degression of uh, Christianity, or as he likes to say, his uh, deconstruction of um, Christianity. And we're going to respond to that. He was recently on um, Ruslan's platform, a show and podcast uh, where... He just talked about uh, some 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 of the things in the past of uh, Reach Records and his uh, his life and you know some things going on currently and so you guys know I don't like to waste time I like to get right into it so let's do it. The thing I've gathered from the book from the music it seems like you reconstructed your faith and arrived if not at a, a at the same place more or less but a more historical alignment of being a follower of Jesus. Um, how did, how did you arrive at that place? First of all, just needing to kind of unpack everything. And then what was that journey like of re, repackaging and recovering your, like that, that, that Jesus intimacy that you had? Yeah, I think, well, first I would say this, I would say that there's a lot of terms that I think people use that, um, you know, folks get up in arms about because they're, they're, they're packed, they're couched with so many other assumptions and presuppositions so when you say deconstruction people get up in arms about it because they're, they're thinking it means something it doesn't mean in, in the same way well that's because historically it's been used to describe people who are like apostatizing from the faith they're throwing away the scriptures they're they're diving into liberalism they're becoming atheists now or agnostics i mean just do a quick youtube search and type in uh reconstruction or you know s- something of that matter the, j- just the phraseology he's used and so it's the it's not really an assumption. It's just like what the term has has meant historically. So I think at the very least, Lecrae, you're using a a term that generally means like something at, at the very minimal, like liberal Christianity, at worst uh, apostasy, and you're trying to apply it to, I guess, something that you're saying you're not going to. And so, I mean, okay, I guess, but why don't you just call it? You know, you were forming your views or, you know, something of, I don't know, just <laughs> I've changed my view on things, you know, simply. Um, to the to the non-believing world, when you say I'm a Christian, um, there's a lot of stuff that baggage that comes with that term mm. that people bring into the, the conversation that you may not even be trying to imply. Yeah. Um, so you, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, so you are judgmental or mm. you are, you know, whatever mm. um, the list goes on. So. You know, when I say deconstruction, I'm not saying I, I was not trying to be part of a fad of people who want to, you know, do away with the scriptures and, you know, and and just kind of like make up their own views of, of what stuff is. For me, my deconstruction was realizing that um, I'm inside of it, of this, you know, cultural mindset that is extremely Western Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to understand um, a, a very ancient uh, scripture that is mm-hmm. Eastern, and and there's so much superimposed ideas put on it. And so, but that doesn't cause a a reconstruction of the faith. I mean, that's just recognizing, I guess, historically 
what what the Bible's context came out of. I, mean, I, I don't know anybody who says, yeah, the Bible's Western. And, uh, <laughs> you know, or most people don't go through a, a reconstruction of their faith and, and start doubting all this stuff because they come to realize that. I mean, I mean, it's, I, 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 like I said, I, I think there's more to it than he's letting off, but we're going to get into some of those things as well. To me, what happened was, you know, obviously all the backlash I received from speaking up about issues of injustice. And there's like, I think the crux of this matter, uh, him, him, you know, embracing social justice. And he seems, and we're going to get more into this. He seems to think like, you know, he's in, he's embracing justice and a lot of his white fans and white evangelicals are pushing back because they're embracing injustice or they're, they're mad about him talking about justice issues which he's not really self-aware if he thinks that's the issue, but we'll, we'll get into them because they'll, they'll come up later. Um, as it pertains to um, ethnic minorities and marginalized people in America was mostly from Christians. Mm. And so I was like, what the heck is happening here? I thought we were one big happy family. I thought, you know, like why? And um, I began to see like, we're not all seeing things the same. Um, I I didn't understand the, the nationalism that was baked into evangelical Christianity in America. I didn't understand um, the the white supremacy that was baked in. And when I say white supremacy, I know people get up in arms because they don't even know what that means. Um, mm-hmm. So, Again, using historic terms that have generally meant something that has come this re, uh, re-evolution of terms, this, this redefinition of terms because of secular sociology, you know, um, critical race theory. And I know he's going to get, people are going to get upset when I mention that, but that's, that is the redefinition of term, and he's going to define what he means by white supremacy, or try to. A lot of times you're thinking of KKK members, and that's not all of what I'm I'm talking about. What I'm yeah. what I'm articulating is that it's power structures and who's yes. in control. Um, so-, so white people are in control, therefore white supremacy, um, which just is an asinine statement. It, it you know. <laughs> It doesn't deal with the reality that that in America you would expect more white people to have prominent figures because whites are the majority. I mean, that's that's how it is in everywhere where one where ethnic group is the majority. Uh, there's no escaping that reality. Um, you would expect that just logically. It doesn't mean that whites are in control because that's not the case because you have minorities in, in pretty prominent, uh, you know, positions. I mean. He has a pretty p- prominent position, you know, but white supremacy, I guess. I would get on Google and look up, like, you know, who is the real Jesus? 98% of the articles written and, and, and pushed on us are written by white men. And that's. Uh, here's, here's my uh, say so on this. Generally, in, in the culture, people try to depict Jesus according to their culture. And, and like I said, just because, you know, America historically is majority white. I mean, you go to Asia, you're going to see an Asian Jesus. You go to Africa, uh, certain parts of Africa, it's going to be more likely African, you know, Jesus. Um, but, you know, most people of the Reformed faith are like, let's stop drawing pictures of Jesus. That's, that's a violation of uh, God's law, <laughs> you know. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, where, cause that's typically where he comes from a reformed understanding of faith. So that's, that's not where you're getting a lot of the, the pictures and stuff from. So 
So, yeah. It's the reality of it. So, I was fighting against a lot of that. And so, um, I got to a place in my frustration and, and anger and hurt that I made a people hurt, a God hurt. And I blamed, you know, this, I was like, oh, this is God's fault if there is a God. And I just, mm. and I was hurt and I didn't want to accept the idea that there was a God. So, I abandoned the faith uh, for a period of time. But the reality is if you're a true believer, you can't just, you know, it's like you're, you're indwelt by the spirit. Ephesians 4, 27, I'm still with the spirit of redemption. So I can't just. But hold on, bro. That's, that's white, white doctrines and white. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, he's being honest about a time, you know, not too long ago where he had a Peter like apostasy. Um, like I said, I think most people know what I mean, like a Peter-like apostasy. It was a, a temporary, you know, abandonment of the faith, so to speak, to where he came back. You know, that's his that's his claim, okay? Peace him out. Come on. Um, so, though I tried, um, you know, uh, his goodness and mercy followed me. It pursued me and would not let me go. And what ended up happening was um, I, I traveled the world, which I know everybody doesn't get to do. Um, I got to read books. And from, from outside of the Western American perspective, and I got to realize this is a much ancient and much more global faith than I realized. And um, you just came to the realization of that? I mean, <laughs> Christian faith is over 2,000 years old. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I, man, it's just like, man, some, sometimes it's like a lot of these social justice people will say things that make you come to like, man, how, how much were you really studying before you? became woke like because that's like a pretty elementary thing to say like like but that was some like kind of grand epiphany some grand kind of revelation for Lecrae like man I, I didn't even know the Christian faith was this old like what you thought it started like a couple hundred years ago like I, I, don't, I just don't get that statement and I realized there was so much that we were putting on it that was mm. not biblical but it was yeah. more american yes and and the deconstruction for me was peeling back some of that stuff and getting to the root of what this faith really was about and that's what led me to a more historical um ancient and you know i'd say god honoring vantage point of of the faith yeah that's good i've recently went and dove deep into the church history all the different schisms and splits and it, there's major ones that happened every uh every 500 years there's the one around 500 with the uh, or oriental and the the, the the catholic just universal at the time they split and that became the ethiopian church the armenian church which is how i grew up and that split and they had they held a different canon um, and then at around the year 1050, it split again in the Eastern and the, and the West Church split. And then the, the Protestant Reformation, which we all know, we think like Christianity starts with, with the Protestant Reformation. We're like, yeah. No. <laughs> Only if you haven't really done any. I mean, and, and most Reformed people like, you know, no, no. OK, I'll, I'll say a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Reformed people know that isn't true, uh, although we appreciate the, you know, um, Reformers. We understand that they we're arguing that the the faith that they're reforming back to is going back to a um, early like faith, early like Christianity, which you know they were reforming, you know, saying that the Catholic Church is the one that's going off. And so, if you read the reformers, you would even know, like it didn't start with them because the reformers never made that claim. And 
they were going back and, you know, quoting early church fathers and things like that. And so, no, um, you, yeah, so I don't, I, I don't believe that. I don't know any reformed person who believes that. So. Right. And so it's like that right. split. And then Joseph Armenian came on the scene. John Calvin came on the scene. Joseph Armenian came on the scene. Then 50 years later, the followers of Calvin wrote the five points of Calvin. And ever since then, Protestantism, I think partly because of the Enlightenment phase and because of intellectualism and, and the need for certainty, we just consistently mm-hmm. kept splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting. And now we're at a place where there's over 40,000 Christian Protestant denominations worldwide. And this, because I've dealt with... Uh, you know, Catholicism, I've, I've heard that kind of parroted around 40,000 different. The reason why Sola Scriptura is false, you know, it doesn't create unity, 40,000. But I challenge anyone to go look at just a few of those denominations that's kind of lumped in all together. Because you'll find out there are thousands of heretical groups placed inside that the, the Christ, 40,000 Christian denominations. Uh, you'll have like Gnostic groups, uh, guess uh, Unitarian groups. You, you even have like Catholic groups put in there. So that the 40,000 uh, denomination lie is uh, heavily inflated. And so, uh, but you even have quote unquote Protestant evangelicals who will parrot it as well. So you look at it and we go, hmm. Is that is that the way God intended it, right? Is that the way yeah. it was? Was that the heart of God? Oh, but also, if you watch any kind of Ruslan's videos, you'll see like his his uh he does not like a lot of people, and I don't and I don't mean this in a negative way. Like when I say like, he doesn't like when people are very like certain on a lot of things. Um, he's a lot more um I don't know the term. Uh, <laughs> he's a lot more, you know uncertain about things or shouldn't be as uh, dogmatic about certain things than you know i would say or some other christians would say and so um yeah so he he, he really bucks up against like when people are dogmatic or certain joe's that that's kind of his background right there and uh and i think it is very western man i think it is very uh it, it's just it, it needs this certainty and mm-hmm, having an answer mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. being absolute and ingrained and you, you're like mud that's turned to hot you know cement and but it's like you know nevertheless if you can go back to scripture establish your views and be like hey no this is what it's saying and i, I mean that's a very like although let, let me say this not everything is certain right i don't have certainty about everything there's i mean no one does i mean to say you're certain about everything i mean that's that's only god can say that right so um but we are certain about many things i mean the bible is clear about many things and, and guess what just because someone may not like it doesn't mean it's a problem with certainty or the text or scripture but you know you can go to the text to, to define things and and a lot of people don't like that the bible is so clear you know that's that's what i see a lot of there's no dialogue. There's no nuance. And I think that's what you experienced, man. And it was very frustrating to watch um, when all of the social stuff came out. And even I even had somebody ask me, like, why did why did because I asked our Patreon community if they had any questions for you. And someone said, why did he go from talking about spiritual issues to social issues? And I was like, I'm pretty sure because social issues are a lot of times spiritual issues. Spiritual issues. I agree. Um, race as we know it is a construct. It's not even real. So now we're on the same team, okay? It's a construct. Ethnicity is real. 
cultural uh, cultures is is what we're experiencing is real, but race is, is a construct that we created in order to uphold a caste system um, in in you know America. And so people act like <laughs> people like act like racism like started in America. Yeah, you don't want to talk about like Christianity started with the Reformation. These guys always point back to like slavery in america as like the root of like caste system i mean that stuff was long in india and africa and guess what those stuff a lot of those systems still uh are in those uh countries um but america didn't invent it that stuff was brought over into america so a lot of people were bringing their ideology into america and so <laughs> and, and yeah we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that hold on oh you're right. Um, we shouldn't be concerned with race. We should be concerned with the caste system that is based off of color. Which I would argue primarily is not happening in America, but is happening in other countries, which these guys never speak about. These guys never speak about the caste systems in like a lot of Hinduistic countries, which is actually a part of their ideology. But you want to speak about America, which... Oh, yeah, they got the caste system. Racism is everywhere. It's the airy breed, uh, you know, Robin D'Angelo ideology. It's, you know, it's everywhere. But the places that's actually going on, these guys never speak about. It's, it's, it's the irony of ironies. It's crazy. Yeah, it when is. When Lecrae says social justice, what he is not saying is equal outcome. And it's unfortunate that yeah. we even have to address it and, and clarify that. When, when we're talking about social justice, we're saying, hey, there is an inequality happening with the way certain people are treated by our justice system, by law enforcement, and in the education system. So, so there's an inequality in the justice system, education system. Hold on, what else did he say? Let, let me let me go back. Hold on. Um, we shouldn't be concerned with race. We should be concerned with the caste system that is based off of color, which is crazy. When Lecrae says social justice, what he is not saying is equal outcome. And it's unfortunate that we even have to address it and, and clarify that. When, when we're talking about social justice, we're saying, hey, there is an inequality happening with the way certain people are treated by our justice system, by law enforcement, and in the education system. So what, what he's asking. Okay, so justice system, education system, and the law enforcement system. And so... Uh, Let's talk about the justice system real quick. Like, what what penalty group where a black person get penalized more because of their skin color? It's there is no law standing there. Um, a lot of times, it's it's not. It's and like I said, a lot of this is individual case matters, and so they may point to someone. Well, look at this black person. He he um you know he got a lot of time because of this, and you know. But then you can point to. It happening to other people like white people and Hispanics. And so that'll be thrown out. Well, look at how the police treat uh, black people. Well, you can see that being done with white people as well. Oh, you know, and so it's a lot of times it's just <laughs> it's just evidence with that they are interpreting and think that leads to a conclusion. But you can bring up other cases that happen. It happens with all sorts of people. So it's not a you. So. If you want to just say, hey, the justice system is bad, okay. But to just to say the justice system justice system uh, mistreats black people disproportionately, I, I don't think you can make that argument. 
or about the law enforcement system as many people you know that uh, I am a police officer and so uh, by the way I will be doing a lot of police video reviews so send them in if you want to hear those uh, so yeah you have that or the education system um, is disproportionately what I guess not teaching black kids or I mean I, I think a lot of it is a, like a poverty issue not these racial structures that are in place just to not educate black people and so like I said a, a, a lot of this comes with some some assumption and and you're already like you already lead your conclusion down that road that racism exists in these categories. And so, like I said, because there, no, there was no evidence brought in to, to even attempt to, to prove any of these things, you know? And what we're all ultimately should be after is an equal access to opportunity. And what do black people, what can black people not do? What, what do we have the opportunity or what don't we have the opportunity to do in America? I can go to other countries and, and we can easily find some of those things that certain people can't do. Um, it's a lot of class based, you know, so but he's saying it's it's racially based. Um, what can black people not do that whites can't do in America? And there, there, there is nothing. You know, not equal outcome. I don't think Lecrae or I don't know anybody that thinks like, yeah, I should get paid with LeBron James. Uh, there are people who want equal outcome. You, yeah. You have it, uh, you know, I know you kind of poo-poo on Marxism. You call it, you think it's a boogeyman and CRT is a boogeyman, but you should probably do more reading or interacting with those people because they, they're out there. Get paid to play basketball because equal outcome Marxism. Like no one's on that energy. Yeah. So I, we got to, we got to clarify that. And yes, you are, are an entrepreneur. You run biz, multiple businesses. You're an investor. Right. You do a lot of stuff that I want to, I want to talk about, but, um, I just want to clarify that. And it's unfortunate that we have to clarify that, but I want to make sure people are clear now because late, lately that's been the thing. Oh, social justice. He means Marxism, social justice. He means equal outcome. That is not what we're, uh, by the way, I, I'm not saying everybody's, uh, for that matter. I understand there is, uh, nuances in a lot of people who are woke there are people who are for that matter a lot of black lives matter organizations the leaders of there are marxists <laughs> they they do want equal outcomes i mean kamala harris put out a video i mean months ago i think it was like right after the election right before the election i can't remember where it was literally teaching equal outcomes so there are people teaching this i mean you may be ignorant to it you may be ignoring it you may not want to see it but there are people teaching that about right but unfortunately it's people want to make th those claims because it makes them feel comfortable if i can demonize and scrutinize everything you're saying to the nth degree then i'm more comfortable with with you know the way things are kind of like calling your proponents racist or white supremacists yeah i mean kind of like that i mean which one's more fair the one i just did where i recognize nuance or Lumping everybody as white evangelicals and uh, white supremacists and racists. There's not as much scrutiny and and picking apart on issues of injustice mm -hmm. or racism. Like so, in his mind, if you like, if you're not siding with this issue, like, oh, you guys don't really care about racism or injustice. Why aren't y'all really concerned about that? Which we are. That's why we're addressing your point because. A lot of people, from my perspective, are saying it's unjust what you're calling for. We don't agree with your view of justice. We don't agree with your view of racism or white supremacy. But like I said, the 
the I don't know how self-aware he is on that because of statements like that. Let's pick all that stuff apart, but yeah. no, let's pick apart the people who are pushing against it. And that's that's crazy. So what we're doing, you know, people like me, people who disagree with him, we're pushing back against racism or, or people who are anti-racist. We're pushing up against white supremacy or people who are against white supremacy and pushing up against justice. You see, you see how he frames and, and characterizes uh, his opponents, which he said not to do, but he just did. Was there any hints of the, the underlying things you talked about earlier with, with terms of Western evangelicalism? Was there any hints of that 08 to 2012 of like, wait a minute, this is a little uh, microaggression here? Uh, you know, like, like in terms of that infrastructure, in hindsight, did you see little rumblings, just things said that were kind of like, oh, that's off-putting? Yeah, I mean, all the time. Um, well, guys, watch the example he's about to give. <laughs> just listen. It, it just shows how people can be offended and they can find racism everywhere. Just listen. And I think I gave a lot of people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, in my naivete, once you met the Lord, you weren't racist anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like once you met the Lord, you were not like about you you didn't see ethnic minorities as kind of lesser than um i never would have imagined that people would be taking advantage of me to look like to fill their diversity quota like ah we're pretty we're pretty white uh we need to get somebody in here to make us not look as white Mm -hmm. i didn't see those and so one of the reasons he gives like microaggressions is inviting a black person to church Inviting a black artist to say, hey, man, we want to be my, more diverse. So let's, hey, let's bring Lecrae and maybe other people will see that and say, hey, let's, let's be a part of this church. How Lecrae interprets this is as uh, <laughs> in a negative way. So guess what? If the church invites him, it's because they're, uh, they're microaggressing and, and kind of using him. And, uh, but guess what? If the church doesn't do it, it's because they're racist. You know, so it's like. This is what I say about finding offense everywhere. You will always be offended. You'll always be um, upset about something when you have the framework of, of ethnicity looking into every situation, right? And so Lecrae finds offense in that. Uh, them inviting, think about what he's saying. He found offense of a, a particularly a predominantly white church uh, inviting him in because how he interprets it is they're pretty white. Now, we actually don't know if that's the reason why they invited him. I'm going to go more than likely they invited him because they liked his music. But let's take his argument. <laughs> they invited him because they're predominantly white and say, hey, Lecrae, we want you to diversify a church. And he sees that as a bad thing, that they would do that. But I'm assuming if that, ch- if that church would have told him, no, we're not going to do this, he also would have saw it as a bad thing. So white supremacy, I guess. But as time went on and you began to trust people, then little things will come out and you'd be like, yo, what? Wait a minute. Like, you had to know that was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I go on this major tour and they're like, hey, Lecrae, we see you and your posse are here. We got some basketball for y'all. And I was like, when did I ever tell you I play basketball? I mean, I do. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I do. (laughs) So... (laughs) They invite him to play basketball and he's bad. 
I mean, I do play basketball, but why would y'all think I play basketball? Um, maybe because you're young. Uh, maybe we know you played basketball growing up. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, but he sees it as a microaggression. Oh, like I said, man, there is no happiness in the woke movement. There is no, no unity. Like I said, even the things you do want to do, you constantly, well, why you ask me that? Cause I'm black. It's like, oh, wow. And Ruslan's enjoying it, loving it. I mean, <laughs> Uh, th- this is sad, folks, because guess what? No one can ever ask Lecrae anything about, like, basketball. Sport. Hey, man, you want to shoot some hoops? Hey, man, you want to play some cards? Hey, man, I- I- me and my family cooking. Man, we're making this good chicken dinner. And you you want to come through? Because Lecrae's going to respond like this. Why would you think I eat chicken? <laughs> you know, it's like there's no satisfaction. And this is the practical ramifications, like, woke stuff in packs like the everyday practical unity inviting someone over for dinner and just going to hang out this is the stuff it impacts to make to where it is a, it is a big deal <laughs> when did i ever say that i never told you that like how do you know i don't enjoy ping pong i don't know yeah. oh, what is that i mean you want to play ping pong i mean what we can play ping pong i mean <laughs> how about you just say that now nah, i don't play basketball but you want to play ping pong like Constantly taking offense. I mean, the scripture tells us about this. Um, so it'd be little stuff like that mm-hmm. or, you know, conversations where it'd be like, man, um, I remember, oh, man, a prominent, you know. And what he's about to say, I've gotten this, you know, from doing music, but I'll let him talk. Christian guy, and he said to me, he said, uh, man, you just, you don't speak like you rap. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, when you rap, you sound like like real ghetto, but when you speak, you don't sound like that. And I was like, oh, wow, you really sincerely, yeah. like, you know, in all sincerity. And yeah. the common thing I would hear all the time, what people would say all the time, and I never thought about it, was like, man, I hate rap music, but I love you. Mm. And I never really. What's wrong with that? <laughs> See, he takes that as a, a, a shot at him, like a black man. But guess what? Not everybody likes rap. But because they love you, they love you. I mean, what 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 does what is so offensible about that? I mean, I've had people who's like, man, I, I could care less for rap. But yo, your music is so so impact with theology. I love it. I've gotten similar things, but I never once was like, yo, you really just said that. Like just watching this interview made me see how easily offensible Lecrae is inside the church, man. Like a disgruntled church member. Like, would be hard to please this person. And, and churches have people like this. Like, you cannot please people like that. And for at some point, people avoid people like that. Like, look, I'm not even trying to get involved with you because there's, you're, you're always finding something to be argumentative about. You know? Something. You know, we, we say we want to go out to eat afterwards. Why y'all want to why y'all want to go to this restaurant? Guess what? People just going to stop inviting you, <laughs> you know. Consider what that the underpinnings of that meant. And then I'm, now I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty heavy. Um, and so it's heavy that people said they hate rap music, but they love you. Think about that for a second. That's that's heavy. 
that 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 sounds like so some of the pushback some people have had is like hey the foundation was built this way but then at some point there seemed to be and so now they're getting more to his music specifically a a a a switch up in the mission statement and a switch up in some of these different things and not like i i don't have a problem with working with secular artists i've been doing it a long time but it was almost like the type of secular artist right so it's john legend and ty dollar signs are two totally different type of artists right I, yeah. I guess John Legend comes from a church background. I think he was a minister of music at a church before he signed to Kanye, right? Versus like yeah. Lecrae, who's known for ministry, and this is his thing. He's, he's coming from a ministry foundation. And then it's like Ty Dolla Signs. Um, does, that, does that, in hindsight, feel incongruent? Not to poop on Ty Dolla Signs or, or his fans, but does that feel incongruent yeah. to the foundation that was laid out for Lecrae, the Christian rapper? Absolutely. I can totally, I totally understand where people are coming from. It's like, it's like, yo. So he kind of admits like, yeah, I, I understand how it's, uh, I guess, conflicting with my early ministry. But watch how he justifies it. And what, you, you used to do sermons in every song and now you're doing like, you know, kind of like this seeker sensitive music. Like what's going on right now? Like, yo, you, you're falling off or you switched it up. And you know, the truth of the matter is, is, is that, um, yeah, I totally get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, you're, you have to understand that that's not necessarily a a mark against my character or my faithfulness. Mm -hmm. It's more about your preference and what you wanted from me. Mm -hmm. And when I stopped providing what you wanted from me, then it became something's wrong with Lecrae. Right. You know, it's like, man, I don't want to, you know, it's like Michael Jordan wanted to play baseball. It's like, yo, man, what are you freaking doing? Like, something's wrong with this dude. Why are you playing baseball? It's like, well, that was his preference. That's what he wanted to do. That's what. And so that's how he characterizes his switch up. Well, all I did was switch sports. Y'all just mad at a preference. Let me show you how it's not not the same thing. This is a category error. Let me show you how it's not the same thing as Michael Jordan going from basketball to baseball. You call Lecrae, you call your music ministry. And I think the Bible is very clear about partnering with unbelievers in ministry. I mean, let's the apostles didn't do it. We're f- flat out unbelievers. These guys show no fruit. Um, many of them do not press, profess the faith. Many of them reject the faith that you partner with. But you're just a pragmatist. And so you just partner because these guys are talented at music. Let's, let's be real. That's what it is. I'm not saying he's in it for the money. None of that, but I think Lecrae is just a hip hop head. He 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 likes music, and so he's fascinated with the guys he works with. And and in one sense, that's not wrong. But from a ministry level standpoint, that's the issue where a lot of Christians are pushing back. Not just because you switched a sport up; it's bigger than that. It's not because you well he's just doing it differently. No, we kind of have guidelines on how we are to do ministry. I mean, you know, felt like he should be doing. And for me. People don't understand where I where I come from and where I came from. I'm 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 really from the culture of hip hop. I'm really from the streets. I I, I you know Sky you know I grew up in Southeast San Diego. Yeah, yeah I know I know exactly like, where you grew up. <laughs> I'm I'm really from that. So yeah. I feel like man, I'm missing my people. I'm missing the the message is not hitting them. It's not getting to them. I, I just kind of imagine like Paul, like being an apostle to the Gentiles, kind of using this line, like, man, I miss my people. I, 
I got to switch it. To me, there's some practical implications there. Like, like wherever God calls you, what if God called you, Lecrae, to reach a lot of white people? I mean, you seem to be like, nah, I, I got to get back to the black people, my hip hop people. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not reaching them. Mm. And I was concerned and I wanted to connect. And I'm end of the day, I'm a missionary. I'm, I yeah. want to connect with people. I want to build with them. I want them to experience the goodness of God. And so part of it is is experimenting and, and trying different ways and different things. Like I said, it's, it, hold on. To make that a reality. Lecrae is a pragmatist when it comes to um, music. Like, I mean, I mean, you just say just trying stuff to see if it, you know, to see if I'm assuming to see if it works. I mean, and he, he said that pretty much in this interview. And I saw so much fruit from Church Clothes Volume 1. It was like God was just shining a light. And plus, people don't know how many folks came up to me, Christians, you know, who said to me, listen, you're really good at what you do. Like, please don't stay in this Christian bubble. I really believe God has called you to reach out into the world to affect mm. it. Mm. And, um, and I took that to heart. You know, yeah. I took that as, like, all right, Lord, let me try to be a Daniel or a Joseph. Yeah. And, um, and that's the move that moves that I started to make. It didn't mean I wasn't still studying my scriptures. Didn't mean I didn't still have things to say. Um, and if anybody who really supported and, and weren't just kind of like fringe fans, if you started buying the projects, you could hear it in the music. It wasn't like, I just like peace out. Yeah. Um, it would just probably be those bigger songs or the singles yeah. would probably be a little cast a wider net than sure. historically what I did. Sure. Yeah. Um, some of the pushback has been when, when you've had these kind of alley-oops to... All right, so here's the interesting part and definitely why I wanted to respond to this uh, interview, particularly here. Um, make a clear statement about the, the, the gospel or, or about God's standards that you've kind of shied away from, you know, kind of standing on truth. And I, and I heard you kind of respond to some of it on the Cruise Hip Hop Corner. Um, I'm no fan of Vlad. I'm no fan of Nadeska. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think Vlad is a complete cornball. And, uh, and, 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 and that, like, from, from a culture standpoint, like, in hip-hop culture, I think he's a cornball. So I think, like, yeah. to go on a platform and then get, get asked some direct questions not answer them. Or with the Nadeska, she asked you about the zombie situation and it kind of paralleled it into like uh yeah i feel like a zombie because of covid instead of like no i feel like a zombie because i was spiritually dead and jesus made me alive i understand the song said that but like are these opportunities where if you're a missionary at the end of the day when are we going to be unapologetic or Great unashamed question. uh to, to 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 clearly confess and profess the gospel in in these opportunities that's good i mean that's a great question and i think um you know, I'll be the first to say that there's been plenty of opportunities that, you know, um, I dropped the ball on as far as that's concerned. You know, plenty. Um, because you don't know which is the right one. I'm always... You don't know which is the right one when someone asks you, Lecrae, like, what is, like, is gay marriage biblical? Or they ask you about certain sin. You, you don't know? Because a lot of times people want to know your views on that. And I'll get into... Because you're going to bring that up in a little bit. But what do you mean you don't know? You, I mean, you sound a little like Joe Lowstein right here. You know, is Jesus the only way? Well, I don't know. So like Steve Lawson, give me some men that know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on, you should know if you're studying your Bible. 
you know, going back to, you know, when, when Paul says, Lord, you know, open doors, you know, he's praying for doors to be open. Yeah, but he's not praying for, he's praying for doors to be open, but that's because he knows the truth. I mean, he's not unprepared. Like, man, if they ask me about, man, if, if how Jesus is the mediator between the, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, if they ask me about a certain sin, I, I, I don't know, but. Lord, open the door and I'll be friends with them. And then that's that's really what's going to get them. And it's like, is this an open door? Is it not? What does this look like? What does this mean? And I think um, in my experience, you know, I'm not saying that this is this is, um, you know, scripture. I'm saying this is in my experience. I have seen more transformation happen through relationships than me, like just saying something in an interview. So that's his way of getting around, like telling biblical truth, because in his experience, regardless of what the Bible says, them getting to know him, become friends with him to see his life is actually more transformative than telling biblical truth. I mean, I'm glad you said that's not scripture, because scripture is counterintuitive to that. Someone seeing your life. Is not as now. Don't get me wrong. Seeing your life is important, but they need to know biblical truth as well, because all they have is moralism. Is, if, if that's the case, um, and generally because an interview is is like for the purpose of sound bites. You know, mm. it's not really like letting me get deep in and letting me really unpack it. Now, if it's like, yo, you got an hour to just camp out on this particular mm -hmm. thing. I just imagine like the Apostle Paul, like not writing some tough text that he did, like First Corinthians six or Romans one, be like, man. I don't want this sound bite because that's all they're going to hear. All this, all this letter. Let me wait till I actually visit the church, and you know we can have a Q and A session about all this stuff, and I can lay it all out and develop it. You see how much different this is than than scripture. I mean, if we get an opportunity to share our faith and share what the Bible says, so so what? I mean, they'll mock us, make fun of us. That's the truth. That's the consequence. But so what? Then it's like, all right, then I can give you more than a soundbite. But if you're mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on homosexuality? That, this is probably not going to be helpful in 12 minutes. <laughs> Why not? What if that's the very thing that they're struggling with that's keeping them from coming to the faith that you don't know about? Why don't you trust the spirit of God to work all those things out? Whatever I say <laughs> is, is not going to be helpful in 12 yeah. minutes. It's not going to be helpful on one, one side or the other. How do you know, Lecrae? Um, you know, a lot of people say, man, why don't you say Jesus in the interview? Well, saying Jesus's name is not the gospel. That's not what transforms people. You know, only by the name of Jesus. When, when the Bible says we're talking about the character, the essence of Christ. I actually agree with him on that point. But yeah, what, yeah you know what I'm saying? It's not saying the name Jesus, you know, which is really a, 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 an English transliteration of his real name. It's not even his name. But he kind of goes almost sacred namer there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we know it's an English translation of his name. Uh, so is God, which you use. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of strange there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but there's been plenty of times where, you know, um, fear paralyzes you. If you've never been afraid to share your faith with somebody, then you you got it better than me. Because I, yeah, you know, teach yeah. me. 
because there's been t- that's why unashamed became a movement because we were all and, and and I get being you know fear because I've shared the gospel and fear sets in but there's a difference between being fearful and this just straight up not telling the truth you th- those aren't counterintuitive those aren't co- contradictions um you know because you seem to have no problem you know when you were fearful being unashamed for the lord and telling the truth but something switched and now it's you're fearful and not telling the truth all afraid and we were challenging ourselves to not be ashamed it was accountability to live romans 116 um so there's been times where fear overcomes you and you're like i don't know if this is you know but then there's been times where you're thinking to yourself you know um I just want them to listen to the album strategically. So let me just get them to pay attention to to me and that and that I'm uh, the type of person that you know can can walk with them and talk yeah. with them, and then they'll listen. So you're pointing them to you you first, then you know later down the road you'll give them Christ. I mean, and hear a consistency of truth, and maybe they'll watch videos and interviews and on and on and on, and really dive in. Where you're gonna get the fullness of who Christ is and in, in everything that I'm articulating. So it's just been a mixture of different things. Um, and, and, you know, it's never one reason. And sometimes it's like, you weren't even thinking about that. Like sometimes it's like, bro, I literally was not even on that wave. I just got off a flight, I was dead. And they said like, you know, something. And I just answered the question. Wow. So it's all, it's always something different. Right. Man. So yeah. like, is there ever a part where you are navigating these spaces and and trying not to get canceled because you know if you do take let me hold on let me see if it comes up here but hold on the the christian ethics stand or, or the historical stand it's it may create an uprising yeah i don't know if it was canceled as much as it was um can i can i at least get in the door you know what I'm okay. saying? Like, okay. like, will you at least let me in the door? Because a lot of people don't understand. They don't know the history of like, like they're getting the one interview. They're missing the hundred I did before that, where people sure. made fun of me, where they said, um, where's your choir robe? Where it was kind of like, I didn't even get to talk about real issues, where it was kind of like, they wouldn't ask me anything that pertained to what's going on in society or football or basketball. They would just immediately go in for like, what do you think about homosexuality? What do you think about gay marriage? Um, you know, what do you think about marijuana? Uh, is drinking a sin? You know, and immediately that's what they're coming at me with. And I'm like, well, first and foremost, are you a follower of Christ? Because mm-hmm. that's where we got to start. None of these questions even matter if you're not a follower of Christ. Like that's yeah. now we're talking about legalities because I can tell you to stop doing something, but what's the, sure. what's the only the gospel is going to give you the power to, to become a slave to Christ and no longer a slave to, to sin. Right. So there's truth in there and there's error. First error is it does matter. It does matter what, because, and, and a lot of times I've seen where unbelievers will ask a follower of Christ what they think about something like, uh, you know, particular sin, not because they don't know what the Bible says, but they want to see if you are standing on the ground of scripture. I've had that happen a lot of times in open air preaching. I've had it a lot of times. Or somebody asked me, what does the Bible say about this? Just so they can be like, man, you, you're not even a real Christian, man. Because the Bible says this. <laughs> and guess what? That can open up opportunities. They see like, man, this dude, hey, he's staying strong on what the Bible says. I know a lot of Christians caving on this topic. And so I, just tell the truth, man. 
Just tell the truth. I mean, they're not talking about the things maybe you want to talk about. I've done interviews where the things I wanted to talk about necessarily wasn't coming out, but they had their questions to ask, you know? And so Christians should not be afraid of telling the truth, no matter where we think it's going to, you know, land us or get us canceled or, um, you want to talk more about football and basketball or social issues? Like, I mean, they're asking about particular sin and you can in that say, Hey, look, you, you know, not, not committing this sin, you know, although it is wrong and immoral, you need to stop. It's not what saves you. It's coming to Christ. So you can, you can um, unpack that and bring it back to the gospel still. And so, yeah, there's my thoughts, guys, man. I, I hope you thought this interview or, uh, my comments about the interview were helpful if you enjoyed it hey please share it please like the video leave a comment let me know what you think guys hey until the next time yo grace and peace